What is going on guys? My name is Mac and across from me virtually for whichever episode this is. 15th? Yeah. This is the 14th. Oh, 14th. Oh, crazy. Anyway, guys, yeah, for the 14th episode of the Press Breaker podcast. And we got a fun one in store for you guys today. Um but as you all know, it is not late October. So we do not have executive owner president Boss man of all you need to know. The show where you talk about everything, learn about nothing. Quinn Eden. He's not with us. He's not here once again. He's and it's just I wouldn't say it's a letdown since he gave us a sort of comeback date now, but for a while it was kind of sad. Yeah. Where's the producer? We need a producer. Well, we don't need. Well, maybe do we? Maybe this show's missing one and we haven't noticed. That's true, dude. I feel like he definitely brings. He brings a presence to the show that is greatly missed. He brings a strong opinion on certain players in the NBA, too. We don't have that here. <laughs> oh, that's true. I, the passion for one Gordon Hayward has never been so strong in a man. It's it's one of the most dedicated shticks I've ever been around in my life. I don't even know if it's sure. a shtick now. I think it's literally just it, his it, life. It might be a, it might be a lifestyle now. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be a, a lifestyle. It might just be a part of him now. He is something bigger. He is something himself. greater. There you go. All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, obviously, today, you know, top ten shooting guards going through our list. But first, I wanted to talk about a couple things. And the first thing is just a quick little run through. I went ahead and thought, you know what? Why don't I go? I go find, in my opinion, who the top performers in the preseason games from Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday were. Right, one from each slate of games. Okay. So for Sunday, I uh, came to the conclusion that Cam Thomas. Hey, I'm the, glad you uh, said that. I'm, man, I'm so glad you said that. Actually. Okay. Do you, you want me to keep going? Or are you going to say something else? Oh, yeah, oh, you weren't going to follow it up with anything. I was about to like go into who I was going to say. Oh, well, I mean, Cam Thomas just looks so natural on the NBA. Oh, curve. okay. I thought you were saying something else not related to Cam Thomas. There oh, we go. No, 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 no. I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he just, God, his scoring Gross. ability is insane. Absolute steal at 27. Yeah. Absolute steal for the Nets. He scored 21 points, had four boards, two assists, and a block. I think he shot 7 to 14, so pretty efficient for his first NBA action so far. So that was good. Uh, and then Monday uh, came down to Jordan Poole. There was a lot of good performances on Monday, but Jordan Poole had 30 points, five boards, five assists, a steal, and two blocks. And I think he shot 10 of 17 from the field, Man, if I can remember he, that correctly. He just picks up right where Steph Curry leaves off, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's weird to me. like Because I remember when D'Lo was on the Warriors for, like, that half season and I was following him, he played well because, like, they sucked, so he had to play when he was a rookie, you know? Yeah. But then last year, they just, like, his playing time was inconsistent and he just, he didn't seem very aggressive either, which I thought was weird because being a rookie thrown into a bad situation, you're going to have more experience and be better for it. So I don't know, it was kind of off. But, I mean, if he, he's not going to score 30 every night, obviously, in the regular season, but if he can score 15, it's pretty solid, especially considering he'll probably be coming off the bench. Yeah, so. I agree. And then Tuesday, my man Kevin Porter Jr. is who I got top performer 
25 points, four rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block. So I actually didn't get around to watch the highlights of that Rockets game, but I wish I would have because I did hear that uh, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. were opening some eyes. I liked I liked watching both of them play. Uh, and I think uh, Josh Green might end up being pretty solid too. I don't know if he'll actually play any right now in the NBA, but solid could be solid guy because I know him and Jalen are tight too. So a little three headed monster there from those three. But I don't know. But yeah, that's just my kind of. I went through and kind of found the top performers, and I almost put OG on my list hey, for Monday. Man. But OG. Jordan Poole scoring 30 kind of ruined yeah, that one for yeah, OG. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, but man. He had a good game, though. The Raptors are going to be so fun to watch. Banton, At the least, right? Yeah, Banton out there, he is so tall, but just so disciplined with the ball. He brings the ball up most of the time. He, Oh, man, him... And Malachi Flynn and Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is so Looks good. He is so gifted, man. And it literally looks like he got into that game, and he like it felt like he had been a part of the roster for five years. Like he just clicked with uh, Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn and Goran Dragic. He clicked with them like he had been in the league for such a long time, and that he just knew those teammates extremely well. Something else that like I like about Scotty is he's just big. Like he is so long for yeah. somebody. Like I know he's obviously he's tall. He's like six eight six nine, but he is so long. Yeah. Like wa- like watching his summer like open runs in the summer and stuff. He guards the center so well. Yeah. For his he can guard size. he can guard one through five and actually bring the ball up too. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think he guarded Andre Drummond some in that game. Now, granted, Andre Drummond had a pretty good game and. uh Opening up the game, I think Andre Drummond scored eight or maybe nine of their first fourteen points, including two and ones. Uh, yeah, that wasn't Scotty. That was Precious's fault. I saw that highlight. Yeah, saw those highlights. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I was just kind of crediting that toward Andre Drummond just kind of going off. He might but, be a, he might be a solid piece for the Sixers, honestly. Yeah, but Scotty just being able to guard every single position is huge, and Yuta Watanabe, he looked really good, and he looked way more comfortable than he did last season. So hopefully we get to see him with some nice PT, but you never know. All right, well, I've got another talking point now that we're through kind of the preseason stuff here. Um, I saw a tweet today from Hoop Central. It says, Eastern Conference team executive on the Ben Simmons situation. Here begins the quote. F that. You let a guy force his way out with four years left on a max, and you set a terrible precedent. They can't cave. End quote. And that is from... A senior writer at Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. So what do you think about that quote there from that GM? Uh, man, I don't know. It's so, it's tough, man. It really is. Like, I get it. You're making a lot of money. You need to be professional. You need to go to work and do your job. But... When his own teammates and when his own front office are just clowning him and they don't show any sort of support for what's going on. I think it's just pettiness on both sides. I agree. I, I'm I am very mixed on it now because I am sort of like, if I'm the Sixers, why not trade him? 
right? Because he wants to go, and you can get something back for him at least, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it is like that GM says you can't let him force his way out like that. It's just it makes everybody look soft in the Sixers organization. And if he doesn't for if you don't let him leave, you don't pay him, so you don't lose anything. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm like with on the Sixer side of things, I would rather them not trade him just because if he wants to forfeit his money, then you're better for it. So I don't know. It's turning into much more wild of a situation than I thought it was going to, to be honest. I thought it would be a pretty quick and easy move, but good Lord, was that wrong? Was that wrong to think that? Yeah. And I'm almost on the side of the front office here more than I'm on Ben Simmons side, because although I like Ben Simmons a lot, I think he's an elite player and I think he gets clowned for no reason. Um, you see that in Toronto, and I don't. I always bring up Toronto, but it's because, you know, I'm very familiar with the situations that go on there. And Goran Dragic, when he got traded to the team, literally said on Twitter, I don't want to be here. But you know what he did? He, he manned up, he put on his uniform, and he actually seems to have a lot of fun with the team. We saw that in the preseason game. And he was actually really valuable as well. I think he knocked down three threes in the first half. I don't know what mm-hmm. his uh, point scoring was total, but... But he manned up, he grabbed a jersey, and he did his job. And I think at some point, Ben Simmons just has to do that. I agree. I'm, I'm, because I know there's the sides like, oh, fill out your contract. But yeah, obviously. But at the same time, if you don't want to play, you don't want to play there. But I think he's doing a disservice to himself by not playing. Makes him look like more of a douchebag, too. Yeah. Also, like, also, Goran scored eight points the other night. Scored eight? Yeah, he had. Three oh, wow. of seven, two, two of five from the three. One rebound, eight I guess, points. Uh, I guess one of them, his foot was on the line or something, because I swear I saw him take three deep shots. I remember him very vividly. But but there we go. That's what I want. That's just two kind of things I want to start off with today, change it up a little bit. So I'm ready to go into the list whenever you are, yeah. unless you've got something you want to bring up here. Nah, man. I mean, I think we did, we did a service to the preseason start there. And, God, can't you just... I can't wait until the season because that's literally going to be a lot of our podcast is talking points like that. Yep, and I like I texted you today, like after watching the Timberwolves highlights for if those yelled at no, it's my favorite team. But like I just got more invested. I felt like I feel like I'm actually going to like root for like I rooted for him last year, but I'm just not somebody that's like I don't know how to describe it. Like just like all in, like I am with football sometimes. Like just dissecting everything with who I like with the Timberwolves. I think I'm going to try and do that this year instead of just watching the league as a whole. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that makes, it makes sense in my head. I can't say it correctly cause I'm an idiot, but <laughs> I'm saying it how I think it needs to be said. It makes sense in my head. So I don't care. Who cares? Yeah. You can't show but the proper passion. Right. There now. you go. There you go. But now you can, I'm so getting there. Good. I'm yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah, you're golden, man. Well, I, I can't wait, personally. Basketball is really the only sport that I keep up with, so I try to, I really try to pick my brain and just learn more and more about it every day. But, dude, I'm so mad I lost the fantasy game. Dude, oh my god, I could have been 4-0, man. But no. Yeah, I think that's one thing to help me get more into the basketball. Like this year, trying to like get more into it, because like I tried to get, in, I've started getting more into baseball, 
And like, I don't know anything about baseball. So I've actually like had to pay a lot of attention to whereas basketball, I know to get a good, good bit about, so I don't have to like pay as much attention to be in the loop, you know? Yeah. I can just look at box scores and just kind of scroll through Twitter and figure out everything I need to see for me. Yeah. But now I'm getting to the point where like, I want to be more in depth with it, I think. Yeah. So. And I mean, I think doing the podcast also helps with that. It definitely throws an element out. It makes me, it's made me want to pay more attention so that I can provide more information out of my mouth than just kind of sitting here in silence for example not that we do that now but it just will eliminate that possibility yeah so yeah i understand so anyway guys yeah press breaker podcast 14th installment it's been three and a half months that's nuts but uh but yeah we're doing top 10 shooting guards today we did top 10, what did we do first? Point guards? We did point guards, and we went power forwards, and now we're on to shooting guards. Yeah, and now and we then are next on week, we'll finish with centers. We just won't do small forwards, because there's no point. Everybody's yep. pretty good on who the top 10 are, probably, and definitely the top 5, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um. So, all right. You started last week, so I'll get going this week. Okay, um, nice. I'll go ahead and say I halfway forgot to do honorable mentions and halfway just didn't do it because I was making my list earlier and then I started doing something else. So I was like, okay, I'll come back to it. And I forgot to till just right now. So I'm just going to piggyback off of your honorable mentions unless they're in my list for some reason. Okay. So that's fine. Go ahead. With, that's yeah, fine. Ahead give me yours. Glad to know that I'm the only one that came prepared today. Okay, let's just <laughs> let's stop. But, but okay, so first honorable mention, I'm gonna have to go with Tyrese Halliburton. You know, shooting guard out of the Sacramento Kings, put together a really solid rookie campaign last year, and hopefully, you know, with his development, uh, with his playmaking, with his three point shooting, uh, all that continues to scale like we think it will, like everybody really was a fan of basketball thinks it will, he could probably end up in the top 10. But for right now, he's just not there yet. And that's not to discredit him. He just hasn't developed enough yet. Enough yet. All right, so I thought of an honorable mention real quick. But I'm going to piggyback off yours to an extent and say Tyrese for me is an honorable, honorable mention. I'm gonna, I want to see it another year with a little bit of progression before he's – Right there for me, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, that's and fine. my quick honorable mention, Clay Thompson. Why did I? Because I'm sure that some people would expect him to be in this top ten, but he hadn't played in two years, and who knows if he'll ever play again? Honestly, he could get hurt just like that. Obviously, so I'm just gonna wait and see. He when he is healthy, when he was healthy, he was probably top five. But we're just going to have to wait and see now. That's just yeah. where we're at with him. Sucks to say, but, I mean, that's just plain and simple. Glad you said that because Clay Thompson is also on my honorable mention list. He's awesome. just been out of the game a little too long. I'm not trying to throw any disrespect on his name because like, if he was healthy, he'd be probably top three. Um, for me, anyway, in my opinion. So, yeah, no, uh, no shade is meant to be thrown on Clay Thompson's name. We just haven't seen him in two years, and I hope – that he is back to normal form, but we'll see. It's a long road ahead of him. Yeah, I was really close to throwing him in the 8-10, to 10 and I was like, I just can't. I literally, like, we just haven't seen him play. Like, there's yeah. just no. 
Why? Yeah. So I'm glad we're on the same. Look at that. Starting off on the same page. Yep. I have a feeling it's going to change really quick, though. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, and my third honorable <laughs> mention, this rounds it out. This is my last one, is Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, from the Atlanta Hawks. He had a really good playoff run, actually. He filled his role pretty correctly, and he's been doing that at Atlanta very well. Um, You know, able to defend pretty well for that wing spot. And, you know, he's pretty he's pretty good at scoring on all three levels of the floor. So, kind of like Tyrese Halliburton, I just want to see him develop. I feel like his career might be hitting a plateau, though, here soon. But if he fills his role that he's currently playing for 10-plus years, he'll be a very solid NBA player with a very solid career. So, nothing to, uh, nothing to sneeze at on that one. Okay, yeah, so he was somebody that was also in my 8 to 10 range. So, yeah, he'll be an honorable mention for me. I kept him out, but he was like he was on the borderline there for me. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one. And I think he's pretty much, like you said, he's pretty hit, hit, like hitting his plateau, which, what is probably like 15-ish points a game. Yep. Right? Which I think he's is one of those players that has really big boom potential every night, though. Because there was a lot of times in Sacramento he would just score 30 just because. Yeah. So I think that he's still I think he can still do that. So I think that kind of adds a little bit to his game and all like is almost for me what projects him into the top 10 is because he can go off like that on an any given night really. So um all right though. My number 10. You ready for this one? Yeah, what's up, dude? Karis LeVert. Wow. Is my number 10. I I fought with it a little bit. I thought him or Bogdan Kind of played with it a little bit, but I thought, you know, Karis is the man on his team. At the, well, no, he's not. Sorry. Forgot about Sabonis for a second. Rewind that. He is the clear second option yeah. on the Pacers. I thought that was a really good pickup for them. Obviously, he had the health stuff going on, so he didn't get to play a full season for him. But when he played, he looked really well. I'm not – can't forgot what he was averaging off the top of my head, but I know it was in the realm of 20. So, and just Karis LeVert is somebody that – Really kind of caught me off guard when he came to the NBA. I didn't think he'd be an NBA player really at all yeah. after his college days. Not that he was bad. I just didn't see it. But he has really come along, and I think he's going to continue to be a top 10 guard as long as he's kind of hopefully his health problems are out of the way because he doesn't get hurt, really. It's just kind of off-the-court issues. So Yeah. Okay. That, that's that's fair. That's fine. Um, Mine is different, however. For number 10 on my list, I had to go with R.J. Barrett. Oh, that's uh, a good one. You know, the lefty out of New York. He, third overall pick in the 2019 draft. He can score pretty well. You know, we saw that last year with 17 oh. points a game, 5.8 rebounds, 3 assists. So, you know, he does that combo guard well. You know, he can defend. He has super long arms, so he's he's a freak of nature in the passing lanes. Um, he can score, like I said, pretty well, and he, you know, he just fills out the stat sheet. He needs to work on his efficiency just a little bit, uh, from the total field. Three point, however, he's a very good shooter. He's, I think he's above 40%, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, to be that young and be able to help your team in that many ways when it comes to playmaking a little bit, when it comes to rebounding, you know, shooting, scoring, all that then, yeah, you know, I think he's on a path to get better and better. Yeah, I like RJ a lot. I kept him off my list, and that's probably somebody else I would have put in my honorable mentions if I had come prepared, you know. Uh, 
he did have a good year last year. He progressed really well. His defense stepped up a little bit. And like you said, he, he can obviously score the ball. That was never really a question. I think the question with his offense was just consistency. And he got he got that together last year. So he, he made some good strides. I think he's a solid second option for New York. And who knows, he might take that first option from Julius Randle at some point. He's definitely got the potential to. So, I agree. Uh, my number nine. I doubt you have this person on your list, to be honest with you. Okay. But... Anthony Edwards. That's my number nine. Dang it! Look at that. <laughs> I'm good. I'm. I'm glad though. <laughs> yeah. Because that just proves. Because guess what? That he is a bucket. I he mean, is. there is no way around it. He is just a straight bucket. I think he scored forty three times last year in thirty over ten, and averaged twenty five and a half boards and then four assists. So he is all around. He's a good player, but obviously scoring is what he's known for. And he even impressed me because, like I said, as somebody that follows the Timberwolves. I wasn't happy with that pick last year just because I thought they should have traded it for an actual established piece. But, but oh man. he is an established piece now. I mean, I know it was only a year, but I, he's just – he's everything that you could have wanted out of that pick, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, so. he, he's a he's an inch shorter than the average shooting guard, so he's 6'4", and – you know, being the first pick, there was a lot of talk about whether he'd be able to translate his scoring to the pro game, and wow, he can. You know, he's a little inefficient, um, shooting only 41% from the field and 32% from three, but he's a rookie, man. I mean, you can't really blame the guy. He's a volume shooter, and that's just, that's exactly what he is. He's a volume shooter, and he just gets the team started no matter how hard it gets, and he's just always there if you need a bucket, and I think he has a very, very good chance to become an all-star in this league, and I cannot wait to see what he does. Good oh, rapper, yeah, something too. Else to... Very good rapper. Yeah. I've never listened to his music, but I know that he really enjoys to rap. Uh, another point about his game real quick, he can get to the rack like mm-hmm. a mofo. Yeah. He's, his bounce is insane, and his, just, his ability to get there off the dribble is honestly really insane to me. So, But yeah, I love him. I wasn't sure about him at first, but I'm somebody that is on the Anthony Edwards train now. Yep. So nice. All right, so uh, should I just go right into my number eight since we have the same number nine? Yeah. Um. Somebody I'm not super high on here, but I have to give him a little bit of respect. Is the man out of Portland, C.J. McCollum? Okay. I I've gotten to the point where I think he's good, not great. I thought he was going to be great there for a while, but I think he's just – he can't play defense. He's too short. And it's almost like he's a one-trick pony, to be honest. Like, he just scores. That's it. He doesn't really add anything passing the ball. Um, like I said, no defense, no rebounding. He's a good scorer, but it's obviously not working. So, I think – he's in my top ten for a reason, but I don't know. I'm just – He's trending down for sure for me. Yeah, you know, uh, I can agree with that. Um, However, he's not my number eight. My number eight is your number ten. And Karis LeVert. Ooh, there we go. I put him here because five years in the league, he has progressed every single season. Mm -hmm. And... You know, 20 points a game with five assists and almost five boards. 
that's not bad averages at all. And last year no, he not. shot or he shot especially good from the free throw line, beating his career average by nine percent. So dang, he's so he's improving at the line, which means he's really disciplined, wants to learn about the game, wants to get better. And although he did have an injury last season that prohibited him from playing a little bit, I think he is hitting perfect stride. He's 27, entering his physical prime. And I think this year will be a really, really big year for Karis LeVert. I agree. And I'm glad that you, I was worried that you weren't going to have him on your list, but I'm really glad that you do. And now I feel like I've disrespected the man, and I thought you were going to be the one to do it. So here we are. No. What a bum. That's me. <laughs> uh, all, all, right. Right. all right. Number seven, who do you got? Number seven. Fred Van Vliet. Oh, come on. What? All right, all right, all right, all right. No, what do you got to say? You think you should be higher? Continue. What you want. You want me to just keep, you want me to keep going? Yeah, dude. Tell, tell me what you think about old Steady Freddy. I'll be honest. What I think about Freddy is that he's a point guard, naturally. I mean, honestly, that's what I think. But since he is listed at the two, it would have been disrespectful to leave him off my list. And at the bottom of it. So, I think that he is an exceptional defender for somebody that is four to five inches shorter than everybody he guards. Um, he can get to the rack really well for somebody shorter than everybody that's guarding him. And he's just, he's got a cliff, honestly. He is a great shooter. And what did he average last year? 19.6? Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's pretty solid especially with how loaded they are offensively. And I think that Fred is somebody to me that, like Karras, caught me off guard coming out of college and transitioning to the NBA because he was undrafted, right? Yes, sir. And he's made a heck of a name for himself as as an elite defender, I would say, borderline, and just an overall leader of Toronto. Like Without Fred, Toronto is a much worse team at this point. And I think that's yeah. pretty clear. I, I think – and. I think it's gotten to the point where it's Fred's team instead of Pascal's team. And it should be. Yeah. It's 100% should be Fred, Fred's team. So I love Fred, and I know you love Fred. He's on your favorite team. So had had to put him here at number seven. I just, like I said, I'm more considered him a point guard, but since he is listed at the, at the two, he had to make the list, and I just, I think that's where he falls for me right now. Yeah. Um, mine's different. Uh, my number seven is actually C.J. McCollum. Okay. Uh, so I had him going seven because, in my opinion, you can't beat you can't beat the production. I mean, he's shooting forty five percent from the field, forty percent from three, averaging twenty three points a game, and he did almost average five assists. So mm -hmm. I feel like you might be discrediting his playmaking game just a little bit. I probably am. And. For someone who has been on the same, really the same playing field, same skill set, same production level for the past five years, it's easy to discredit his name because he should be developing, you know. He's 30 now and he's playing the same way he did when he's 25, which that would be cool if he was 40 and still playing like he was 25, but he should have been progressing. He should have had room, you know, he should have had room to grow and he just didn't do that. And, you know, yeah, being 6'3", you have to work especially hard in this league, considering you're so undersized. 
and he just doesn't. We we've seen you literally just said it. Fred Van Vliet, borderline delete, borderline elite defender for being six one. CJ McCollum six three. He has no excuse. Hundred percent. And you worded it way better than I did for CJ. It's the progression, right? Because twenty eight to thirty two is an NBA prime, if I'm not mistaken. So, like you said, he was doing that at 25, so why didn't he get better for the last two or three years? And people could say, oh, that's because he has to play with Dame and blah, blah, blah. Well, that doesn't matter. Dame can score 30. CJ could score 32. They don't really have offensive weapons on that team. He just, like you said, like you said, he just hasn't progressed. He has just stayed the same. And it's not bad, but you would want to see more the way he kind of took the league by storm and really surprised people with how good he was. Yeah, like, there was a time period there where they were comparing C.J. McCollum to Bradley Beal. Like, that's how close yep. they were. But the problem mm-hmm. is, Bradley Beal kept getting better. Still McCollum is. Did not. Bradley Beal's still getting better, I think. Yeah. So. All right. My number six. Jalen Brown. Okay. Somebody that I think gets... Overlooked sometimes because he is on the team with a, a top five small forward, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, elite scorer. So he can get overlooked sometimes. But Jalen Brown has turned into quite the scorer himself over the last couple of years. He's really worked on that. Obviously, he's a solid defender. Uh, I think he always has been, if I'm remembering him as the yeah. right person. Yeah, Jalen Brown so has always been great at defending. Yep. He's all over the floor. He's really good at rebounding. So he's super athletic, but uh, but like I noticed that something that's really progressed. And it showed in the pre- pre- first preseason game. I think he scored twenty six. He's always working on. It seems like he's always trying to work on and progress his offensive game because that's really what's always been lacking. Yeah. So I think if he can continue to do that, him the Celtics will get better as Jalen Brown gets better. Is kind of where it's at for me now because yeah. we know what Tatum's going to be. He's going to be the same forever. So. Their success has pretty much been dependent on if Jalen Brown can start carrying more load, and it's starting to look like he can. And I'm hoping he can, and that's why. I've, and I think he can. That's why I think. That's why I've got him at six. So that's my number six there. Yeah, um, Jalen Brown did not make my list. I didn't think so. The reason I say this is because I looked into it, and Jason Tatum started most of the games at the four. And Jalen Brown started most of the games at the three this past season. I know his like well, true position is a shooting guard, but when he's the available size to play the three and does start at the three, that's kind of what I consider him. So if Jalen Brown were to be listed as a shooting guard, he would 100% make this list very respectfully. Very respectably. Probably around the five or six area. But he he is not, in my opinion. Right now, anyway. Hold on. We're going off. Keep talking. Since we're going off uh, literally past, or last year. So, anyway. My number six is good old Steady Freddy. Fred Van Vliet. Frederick Edmund Van Vliet. Out of Rockford, Illinois. You know, he's 27. He did get a little bit of a late start uh, developing into this league. But, you know, who cares? He went from being undrafted to being a G League champion with the Raptors 905 to being the sixth man and the spark plug off the bench for a championship winning team to now being the first option on the team 
and I think him and Pascal complement each other very much. But the fact is, he's a lock. He locked down Curry in the finals. He contained him well enough to be able to win that series. And ever since then, he has just been lighting it up. He is a volume shooter. He's not the most efficient. But he is the person that gets the team going. And he is the, te- he is the person that pulls the team out of the slumps, regardless of how hard it is. So, I think his value to the team is insurmountable. And I think he is one of the most important players in the league when it comes to being needed by their team. Because you said it best, without Fred Van Vliet, the Raptors wouldn't be who they are. And so, yeah, I think he's just a super big part of that team, and that's why I have him at my number six. And something I'll add about Fred that, I, you know, I said I think he's a point guard, but as you talk about it, like in his volume shooting, I mean, I don't know if he could play the point anymore because he's been playing the two for, what, three years now? Three or yeah. four? Mm-hmm. So it would be a, it'd be a big change for him to go from having to, like, because it's a hard thing to be to be Kyle Lowry, like we've talked about, as somebody that can pick and choose in shots and stop shooting. Like, yeah. he knows that's his role. And that would that would be what Fred's role would have to be, probably, if he was the point. I don't know if he could do that as efficiently now. and I mean, he shouldn't. It's and working out real well. his off-ball movement is too killer as well. Like he He can really work the defense off the ball. And, I mean, that's where he gets most of his open shots in the corner. Yeah, he's perfect at the two. I've I've changed my tune. You've convinced me, as <laughs> you know much more about the man's game than me. So, all right. Into the top five we go, huh? Yes, sir. Into the top. I feel like we'll have a very similar top five. Well, I know we won't, actually, because we've already talked about it a little bit. But my number five, Donovan Mitchell. Okay. It was It was kind of tough for me to put him at five, but I think everybody I got ahead of him is just currently clearly better and not to say that he's bad but it's just the top five shooting guards for me is so deep in a way you know like there's like yeah they're so deep whatever i'm not gonna try and just explain it (laughs) but uh donna mitchell i'm averaged i think oh i can't remember 26 and a half thank you i was gonna say close to 25 or over it i know he scored a lot last year like that was he kind of he almost hit another gear offensively last year. He was shooting better from the three, and obviously he's been good inside the paint in his whole career. But I think you know he he showed that extra gear from the three. He was able to really be more efficient from three, and he like, he just took over more. Honestly, it wasn't even just a shooting. He just decided, and because he, he is, since he's number one player on the team, he just decided I'm going to score and control the ball like I am the number one on that team. So I think he took a big leap there. And honestly, I think this is kind of his ceiling, which is not a bad thing. If, his, if your ceiling is 26 and a half, that's pretty good, right? He's almost in like a – he's almost like projecting himself into a Giannis-type area where it's like I don't know how much better he could get. So, yeah, he's number five, though. I don't think the Jazz will ever win anything with him, but part of it. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree with that. And he's actually number five on my list as well. So – so, you know, good to go. see. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head with it. Um, I think him grabbing four and a half boards and getting five and a half assists a game also uh, really helps his case. Um, mm-hmm. He can really do it all, you know. And, you know, you had Mike Conley, who, well, you know, was their primary playmaker. So the assist number, I feel like, could be increased. 
if he really wanted it to be. He just knew he yep. didn't have to. And then obviously you have Rudy Gobert, one of the best rebounding bigs in the league. Just the best rebounder in the league, really. Uh, uh, no, that's Drummond in my opinion. Well, I mean, yeah, but Drummond doesn't play the minutes anymore. That's true. Uh, but you know, one of the best rebounders in the league, regardless. So he doesn't really no, have to do that it. as well. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is only 25, just turned 25 about a month ago, actually. So um, young. Yeah, he is young, and, I mean, the sky really is a ceiling for him. All right, number four. We might have the same number four, too, but I don't know. Devin Booker, the man, the myth, the legend. Wow. You got him higher, don't you? Devin Booker's my number one. Really? Yeah. You'll understand who my number one is, though. You'll understand. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyways, number four, Devin Booker. I thought, like, I know I've looked at his numbers. My, my problem with Devin Booker pretty much at this point is his shooting percentage. He can't be shooting 41%. Him and Anthony Edwards can't be shooting the same from the field. Like you said, Anthony Oh. from the field, right? I mean. Yeah. Come on. That that <laughs> just can't that, that that can't happen, dude. Yeah. So and also like when I've compared him to the other people I put above him, his numbers are just slightly worse in all the categories. So it almost like I think all their talents are very similar. So it pretty much came down to the stats standpoint for me. Yeah. It, when I got when I because I was really trying to dissect it here. So that's why he's in my number four, and that that does not take anything away from Devin Booker. I think he's really good. I love Devin Booker. He went to UK, so that's even more reason for me to love him. I just, I just got a little nitpicky with it, and that's that's why he's at my number four. I think there's a few small things he can do better, and I think he can. He's he's got the tools to be the number one shooting guard in the league easily, and like you said, you have him there. So, yeah. Um. Well, like I mean, obviously we know mine is not the same. Mm-hmm. My number four is Kyrie Irving. But we talked okay. about point guards. I listed James Harden as my as a point guard because that is where they played. That is where they lined up. Uh, James Harden did start at the point, technically. And uh, Kyrie did start at the shooting guard. So I have Kyrie at my shooting guard, averaging very close to 27 points a game, grabbing almost five rebounds and averaging six assists. So insanely good numbers. But not only that, but he is also one of the most efficient, if not most efficient players in the league. Grabbing that pivotal, or pivotal 50-40-90 club tick last season. Averaging 50.6 from the field, 40.2 from the three, and 92.2 from the line. That is, you know, you average 50-40-90. That automatically puts you in the upper echelon when it comes to efficiency. That's such a hard mm-hmm. achievement to ring in. So if he can do that, while having to kind of fight for his touches, along with two of the best offensive players we've ever seen in the game of basketball, in James Harden and Kevin Durant, to be able to do all of that is really nuts to me. And he's only a few counting stats away from being number one. Yeah, so obviously, like we said, we talked about it. We had that little difference. See, Kyrie made my point guard list. And obviously, we we know that he is played a lot of the two last year. He's gonna play the two this year when he plays not in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> hashtag not vaxxed. Hey, uh, he actually and, did. He actually did get vaccinated though. Today, I, I believe so. I I think I saw a notification about it. 
Oh, shoot. Look into or, that while I'm talking here for wait. a second. Are you thinking of Wiggins? Because yes, Wiggins got vaxxed yes. yesterday. I'm, I'm thinking of Wiggins. Sorry. I'm thinking of About Wiggins. About to say. No, yeah, Kyrie ain't vaxxed yet, so I don't think he will. Kyrie is somebody that does not do anything he does not want to do, so Kyrie Irving will not play home games this year. I'm just going to go ahead and call it now. Um, and he won't play in Golden State, and he won't play against the Knicks. So Kyrie Irving is going to play less than half the season. Anyways, um, he's a great spot-up shooter, great off the catch, which is something which it's crazy to say for somebody that's come from the point guard role. Yes. But, yeah, he regardless of what guard – he's a top-ten guard, regardless of what position exactly it is. So um, my number three, the man out of Chicago, DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, dude, it's so funny because Zach Levine's my three, so I was just fully expecting Zach Levine until you said Demar. Yeah, Zach, <laughs> Zach Levine is my three, but I I, I knew I could uh, get you there. Uh, DeRozan did look good though tonight. We talked about him today. I think he, if he just works on that mid range ISO all season, he's solid. He's exactly what they need. Yep, I agree. But, anyways, yeah, Zach Levine's my three. I love him. He's just, oh, he's so good. And like we talked, we texted about today. He is just, you said at first, he's just ascending, and I like he has been for so many years now. Yeah. Ever since he left Minnesota, and he really was kind of starting to ascend his last year in Minnesota. He is just. Oh man, he's progressed so well. Yeah. Oh, uh, what a let go by Minnesota. Also. Yeah, that super, was a super, super rough. But you know, for being in the league seven years and for being twenty six, he still moves like he's nineteen. Along with the injury that he had in Minnesota that put him out for a whole season, I believe, right? Yeah, towards ACL, I think. Yeah. Um. Just so, just so productive on the offensive end and. Really, I mean, you hit everything pretty perfectly. He's also 50, 40, 85 clubs, so not quite 90% from the free throw line. But, you know, next so best thing, when you're talking about from the field during play and, you know, disregarding free throws, he's super efficient there as well, which is crazy because of how many shots he takes and how many points he averages. So bringing in 27 and a half, 5 and 5 on 50, 40, 85, he's, I mean, there's no other way to describe it besides ascending. I'll be honest, like when I see, like when I'm just having to, if I catch a Bulls game for a second or whatever and just see Zach Levine, if he shoots a three, I just think it's going in. I don't know why he's that person for me sometimes, but it, the way his offensive, offensive game is, I just think the ball is going in when he shoots it at this point. Yeah, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. So, all right, well, I know we're going to have the same number two. The man who's stuck in uh, purgatory, Bradley oh, Beal. Yes. Yes. Team purgatory, not anything else, because his offensive, his game in general is obviously continuing to progress, yeah. like we like we said. So, yeah. he's not lacking there. Averaged 30 last year. Absolute stud. Um, and I'm, some people are going to say, oh, he's only do that because he watched it. Bull crap. Bradley Beal would average 30 no matter where he's at because he's just that freaking good, in my opinion. Yes. I think I love Bradley Beal, and what made me love Bradley Beal even more just happened the other day. I don't know if you saw this, Mac. He said that he has a goal to be all defensive first team this year. Yeah, that's so. crazy. Um, to be a guy that puts so much effort on the offensive end, 
and to want to shoot for the second highest defensive accolade that you can get in a season. Uh, besides, mm. you know, first obviously being DPLY. But yep. to have those dreams is really nice. And to be motivated, it's kind of it's kind of a good and bad thing. It's good that he's motivated, that he wants to get better. But it's bad that he has to shift his focus away from winning games because he knows he's just not going to be able to win games in Washington. Not happening. Not, so, they're putting together a nice little young team, but they're not winning jack nothing. Yeah, and I mean, Bradley Beal is 28. You know, he is young. He still has a good four or five years before he regresses, hopefully. So the time is now if he wants to be winning a championship. But no doubt I... in my mind, he will be set up in a very good spot once he does begin to regress. Because we see it all the time, you know, the old legends on the final slopes of their career getting put on contenders. I have no doubt that'll happen to Bradley Beal, but wouldn't it be nice for him to win it as the number one or number two option? See, 100% it would, and I'll go ahead and say I would love to see Bradley Beal win an all-NBA first team and an all-NBA defensive first team. So I hope he does. And yeah, I think Bradley Beal, I think he's going to give Washington until he's 30 or 31, and then he'll kind of realize, okay, if I if we don't win here or if we can't win here, I'm gonna have to go somewhere else and let my uh, position on the team kind of slack because obviously he wants to win. No NBA player wants to play his whole NBA career without at least a shot at a championship. Yep. I don't. I'm sure people think there are some that are just selfish. I promise there's not. There are selfish players, but I promise there's nobody that doesn't want at least one shot at a championship. That's never going to be a thing, and I think Bradley Beal is going to be exactly like that. He's going to hit his point where he's like, okay, I'm going to have to move. Kind of like Chris Paul. Chris Paul gave New Orleans a long time, and then he just, he figured out, like, he, hey, I got to go. Yep. So. All right. My number one, James Harden. That's, that's who it is. Obviously, Matt, he's on Max point guard list. So... And he's my shooting guard. He's my number one shooting guard. I love James Harden. Triple-double machine. Not machine, but can be a triple-double machine. Uh, Double-digit assist machine, which is pretty crazy for somebody that can score as well as he is. The fact that he's willing to share the ball that much, even though he can put 35, 40 on you at any point. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. There's nothing much I need to say. He's He's just James Harden. He's a top three guard, overall guard in the league. So, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, he's doing a really good job with the Brooklyn Nets. He did a really good job with the Houston Rockets. Uh, he's one of the best offensive players we'll ever see. I don't really know how else to describe him. If you haven't seen him play, then get off this podcast and go watch some highlights. Everybody knows who James Harden is. Yep, I'm sure there's a 37 minute and 50 second uh, YouTube video with uh, some nice music over it of James Harden highlights. So That was very exact. Have you watched a 37-minute, 50-second James Harden highlight video before? No, I just feel like highlight videos are always kind of numbers like that. That's true. That's fair. So that's but just what I... Anyway, moving on to my number one. <laughs> already revealed it earlier. It's Devin Booker. And I put him at number one because he is the... 
finals runner-up starting shooting guard. He is the runner's final up number one option. He is the guy that never ages. You know, he's 24 years old and carried his team to a finals appearance. Um, maybe the word carrying is a little heavy. He was the number one option on, on a championship-bound team. Okay. At the age of 24, you know, does it get any better than that? He shoots 48% from the field, 34% from three. 48, so, my bad. I got that wrong. Oof. Still, I wish it was higher. So, you know, he's perfectly efficient from the field, in my opinion. Um, his three-point game has, you know, dissolved a little bit, but that's because he's he's oversized. You know, this is a league of small two guards, and, you know, he's got absolute pause on my next sentence, but he's got feet on him. <laughs> he's He's got a bigger <laughs> set build. So he can really just get in the paint and, you know, wreak havoc. He finds ways to score, whether it be at the rack, at, you know, in the mid-range, on the floaters, on the three. It really doesn't matter. You know, 86% from the line as well. Um, He had 4.9 win share, which on a team with Chris Paul, who has, I think, one of the highest win shares in NBA history, to be able to get 4.9 is pretty, pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, he's just my undisputed one right now. That's fair. I don't just, I don't hate it. I, I like I said, I love Devin Booker. I just, just where four is just where he landed for me. Yeah, but you, you made a good point. He obviously shoots way better than I said. I'm just an idiot, and I have done a disservice to the listeners with my terrible, uh, stat inserts this podcast. <laughs> that's neither it's neither here nor there we'll work on it maybe i'll get fired i don't know um <laughs> uh, uh anyways that is something the three-point game though like you said is kind of regressing he he's got to be more consistent from the three for the caliber of player he is like usually 34 it's 34 is what you said right he yes. shoots that's pretty good usually but I, for devin booker i'm wanting to see almost 38 40 range to be honest because he's so good i feel like that's where he needs to be so yeah like i said for me devin booker small areas for him to be up there for me not that he's not but yeah and to have six years under his belt and to only be 24 that's that's huge for his leadership he he feels like he's been in the league for 15 years and he's 35 years old yeah um but yeah man being able to tally four rebounds and four and a half assists as well on top of those points that he's getting. Mm-hmm. Um, considering you have someone like DeAndre Ayton and someone like Chris Beast. Paul to rebound and play make uh, respective, respectively. Um, respectively. I don't know why I keep saying that wrong, but anyway. Uh, on, yeah, he's he's killing the game. That, that's really all I have to say. He's He's kind of running the game, you know, besides for the Milwaukee Bucks. He is kind of the guy with the biggest target on his head. Or back, or shoulder, or wherever you want to put the target. Hands, feet, ears. I fully expect Phoenix to make a good deep run in the playoffs again. Yep, I think they will too. Um, And we'll talk about him next week, because he's definitely a top 10 center. But I just love DeAndre Aiden. I just want to say that. I'm not going to say anything else about him. I just love him. I just love DeAndre Aiden. That's all I'm going to say. We've talked about that a few times. Just what a guy. Yeah. What but, uh, sucked in person. Sucked in person when yeah. we watched him in high school. Yeah, sucked. that's true. That's true, dude. 
different. He's a different guy now. He's he's yeah. in the NBA. He's above us. Yeah, that's we're too true. small for him. We're too common. Um, way too common. We're the little people. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton's eyes, it, figuratively and literally. Um. Oh, what? I think that's it, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it. That that is our ten. Uh, just to run it back over, I've got ten R.J. Barrett. Nine Anthony Edwards, eight Karis LeVert, seven CJ McCollum, six Fred VanVleet, five Kyrie Irving, four Donovan Mitchell, three Zach Levine, two Bradley Beal, and one Devin Booker. And I've got ten Karis LeVert, nine Anthony Edwards, eight CJ McCollum, said seven Fred VanVleet, six Jalen Brown, five Donovan Mitchell, four Devin Booker, three Zach Levine, two Bradley Beal, and one James Harden. So a lot of stretches there were. Of the same people, just shifted up or down one. And I yep. had two people, or you had two people that didn't even make my list due to, you know, our one concepts of them, of One the of position. them we knew was going to happen, though. Yes. We, we've known that one was coming. Yeah. Um, and I went and looked it up on Basketball Reference. Jalen Brown played shooting guard last year, so suck it. Really? That's what it said. Because hmm. I was going to, I looked it up to in hopes that I was sliding myself. But now I'm going to slight you. So, you've been slighted. That's crazy. Hang on. Where, Do your research real quick. We... Where Jalen Brown started 2020-21 season. Um... Yeah, I mean, you're right. But I could have yeah. swore... One for Garrett. He's not fired anymore. <laughs> Celtics starting lineup. I really want to see, though, because, like, I could have sworn they were starting uh, Jason Tatum at the four. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. 2020-2021, Marcus Smart was the point guard. Shooting guard was Josh Richardson. Small forward was Jalen Brown. Power forward was Jason Tatum. Josh Richardson wasn't on the team last year, my man. Well, it says 2020, 2021 right here. I do. I understand that. I don't know why it says that, but. Let's say, was he? Maybe at the end? No, he wasn't. He was on uh, Dallas, right? And Philly last year, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. I thought Josh Richardson was a new acquirement for them. I think I think he, he is. was. He he is. Yeah. I don't know why it's saying. I don't know why it's. Hey, somebody who's not the top ten shooting guard, Josh Richardson. Yeah, maybe they have their lineups. Wait, that might be the lineup from the game the other night. I think that is the lineup from the other game. Okay, the other well, night. look, hang on. If I go a year back, it still holds. Uh, Kemba Walker started dude. point guard. Marcus Smart started shooting guard. Jalen Brown started small forward. Jason Tatum started power forward, and Daniel Tice started center. Listen, dude, I I'm gonna doubt Houston? you, or, but I'm not doubting Basketball yeah, Reference. Houston. I refuse to doubt Basketball Reference. So that, that's true. That's fair, but. You can't like, judge like, me. Like I get his position is supposed to be shooting guard, but I feel like they just shifted him. Down. I get your, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, that's all I've got for today. I'm, that's I'm, all I've got for today. I've said, as well. I've said my piece. Yeah, said so. my piece as well. I'm just glad that we're low key a Zach Levine fan club. We are a Zach Levine fan club, and hold on, I forgot. I have one more thing. Me and Mac were talking, people that listen, all 80 of you, very faithful listeners. Um, 
yeah, about a doing a, a fantasy basketball league with you guys. Where me and Mac will play, and then we maybe try and get 10 total, so eight uh, eight listeners in there. So if you guys are interested in that, DM us on the Pressbreaker Twitter or email me at pressbreaker00 at gmail.com. No caps. Just pressbreaker00 at gmail.com. And but come on, it's 2021. That... Just DM us on Twitter. Like, or on. that too, yeah. Well, I need their email eventually, though. So they might as well email me. That's fair. Hey, that's true. That's actually true. I didn't think about the... Right or, works. or DM me your email. That'll work too. Wow. There's a couple options. Really getting everything squared away here. Here we are. But, All right, I'm good. Yeah, anywho, guys, that's the show. I I really hope you did enjoy it. If you did, make sure to favorite the podcast, man. Make Please. sure to favorite it. Make sure to listen every week. Make sure to follow us on the socials at press underscore breaker. We're gonna we're gonna be doing content over there, man. I promise. One of these days it's coming. We're working. We're we're working on getting stuff lined out. You guys don't have to worry about that. But you know, like I said, appreciate you guys watching. Uh it really means a lot to us. And we'll see you next week. Nine AM Eastern, Friday, with the top ten centers. And mm-hmm. Hopefully there is no debate. I feel like center is a pretty cut and dry position. Yep. So, you know. You know what? I'm just going to say it right now. Dwight Howard's number one. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. Me and Garrett, I'm going to ensure fair fairness here. If me and Garrett have the exact same top ten list, I'll pull $20 out of my pocket for a giveaway. Somebody that's mm. listening. Right I'll now. match your $20. He'll match the $20. He'll make it $40. That's $40. That's a $40 giveaway if all 10 of our players are exactly in the same order. Not counting honorable mentions. Yeah, you can't do that. that that's too technical. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. So, we'll see you guys back here next week, 9 a.m. Eastern, anywhere you get podcast for the Press Breaker Podcast. My name has been Mac. With me, as always, Garrett. And yeah, stay safe, guys.